Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, I'm a disloyal person. This, this is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Monday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. It is a happy Monday. Syracuse. They had to really sweat it out. We sweat it out. And last night's selection Sunday, they're going in as an 11 seed and we'll play... Uh, San Diego State, they are a six seed. We'll let you know what we think about that. We'll also try to get James Zuba on from Noon's Magician, see what he thinks as well. So all of that to follow and this NCAA extravaganza. Mm. Yeah. Oh, also, we did try to do a live Facebook of Selection Sunday yesterday. And, you know, I think, I think it went well. I think it went well. Yeah. Went great. Uh, got locked out of the account. Got shut down twice. So they're on to us. They're on to our antics. Putting the camera on the TV. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it was fun while it lasted. It did. Yeah, it was. Yes. <laughs> it, it was. And that, that is not to say I won't do it again. I'm just saying, you know. I mean, we might test the waters. I mean, why not? Why not? So... Uh, Coach, he did a couple of hits yesterday. He was on the ACC network. We got a little bit of that. To the montage, we go. Let's go. You know, my first 25 years, we were in the tournament about 20 times without having to think about it. And lately, (laughs) we've been in the bubble a little too much. But, uh, you know, I thought we finished the season well. And and, uh, I thought we put ourselves in a pretty good position. we, we struggled in, in quad ones, but every quad one game we had was on the road. A lot of the teams that won quad one games, they won them at home. We did not have a quad one game at home this year, just the way it worked out. But we had a lot of good quad two wins, and we were 12 and two in quad two and three. So I thought we did enough, but you know, you always worry about it. San Diego State to me is like a three seed. I mean, they're they're that good. I've watched them play two or three times. I you know I stay up late and I watch the West Coast games and I watch them. They they shoot it well from three, but they're big and physical and they play great defense. They really don't have a weakness, and that's unusual. You know, almost everybody in college basketball has some weaknesses unless you're in the top, you know, two lines. But when you get to a six seed, you expect to see weakness, and you really don't see that. 
with San Diego State. So we have our hands full. Well, I thought we were close, but I'd heard some remote talk that we, would, we wouldn't be in the play-in game. But, you know, I was anticipating. We played in the play-in game and went to the Sweet 16 uh, just a couple years ago. So we've been there. It actually kind of helped us. We got a game in, got going a little bit, and we were able to go ahead and win a couple more games, beat Michigan State, and get to the Sweet 16. But, you know, we'll take this. I would have been happy either way. About two weeks ago, uh, I would have said, we'll walk to Indianapolis if we can get in this tournament. <laughs> so I'm not going to complain. Buddy got sick. He did get the COVID, got sick. And he shot, you know, 25% from the three for about eight, seven, eight games when he, he was having trouble running up and down the court, let alone shooting. And then the last eight, ten, whatever it is, he's just shot lights out and uh, and really been the key for us because he's, I think, because he's healthy. I mean, he shot 37% in the league last year, and he ended up shooting almost 37 this year, which is good. But I think he would have been much better if it wasn't for the COVID thing. And that, that obviously, that hurt a lot of people. But I think it especially, uh, it hurts shooters. Well, you know, the, the, our zone does help us a little bit, but when generally in the first game, a team like San Diego State, they're good against zones, they shoot it. They'll have a week to prepare. We're usually better in the second game. We usually win the second game uh, a lot a lot better because the team only has one day to practice. And In fact, the last couple of years when we've been knocked out of the tournament, it's been an ACC team that's knocked us out. Duke did one year, North Carolina did one year. And, uh, you know, those teams are familiar with us. We don't really want to play a team from our league. But, again, uh, I'm worried about San Diego State. They're not a normal sixth seed. Uh, they're really good, and it'll be a tremendous challenge for our team. No question about that. All right, the Coach Montage is brought to us by, as always, the title sponsor for the Cuse Militia. That is... Bet online, bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA, full swing, college basketball, you got the brackets, you got the props, you got all of that. Go there, NHL, uh, NASCAR, by the way, um, NASCAR was extremely good yesterday. Extremely good. I just... Oh, I wonder why you're saying that. Oh, just, you know... One, by the way. Oh, MTJ, MTJ with the win. If oh, you, that's that's why you're saying that. If you had that, if you had that, then you win too. That's a win-win. That's what we call a win-win. Good win by Martin Turks Jr. He's gonna make the chase. You can bet on all the props for the chase too. All right, the futures for that. So head over there. They even do award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. You could have done the award shows last night. You know how much uh, X-rated content can they put on regular TV? Maybe that prop was there. I have no idea. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR. It's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you. BetOnline. Okay, Joe. So as All we right, were, Sean. as we were, I'm going to hit some of what was in the montage and some of the, what was in the montage we will save. So 
the resume coming in. We talked a lot about the quads. We do it every year since it's first started. Uh, I, I, I talked to my brother-in-law. He hates it. Yeah. But like we were talking about, you know, it seems to line up to some extent. You could, you could throw out Louisville, and I think, I think it's clear. They, they, I didn't put this in the montage, but they were talking about Louisville. And I just don't think like they did enough. They had five games in a row that were postponed. Like You, you shouldn't be able to get in when you have that many problems, in my opinion. So, you yeah. know, Coach is going to act surprised. Oh, well, he knows. He knows. If that was my team, I wouldn't expect to get in. So right. that's my opinion. Well, let me talk. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's about whether or not, you know, the coronavirus situation was going to help or hurt. And it seemed to me like it hurt teams that didn't play as many games. Exactly. Realistically, when you look at it. Right. Right. Um, I mean, Virginia Tech being a 10 seed to me at 16 and 6 being ranked all year. Uh, yeah, it just seemed to me like um, not playing as many games hurt. And they basically used it against you. And I just hope that when they looked into it, they didn't use it against a team where it really wasn't their fault. Um, I don't know if they're ever going to really say that's a reason one way or another. But uh, if they're just kind of shooting down the middle, you know, and shooting straight and they're saying, look, you just didn't get the wins because you didn't have as many games, then, I mean, that's just what it is. But, uh Yeah. It, it was tough because I thought Louisville was going to get in the whole time. Well, what do you think about and as the whole weekend went on? It was just weird. It was like we weren't in, then we were like the last team in, and then we were like the last team in the buys. And like, what happened to where we passed Drake and we passed Utah State and we passed all these? I just, it was just really, really weird that it was like we weren't playing and we were still just moving up. I and mean, maybe it was just the right teams losing, uh, but. It was just a really, really weird situation where it was like I was nervous, and then all of a sudden, just I wasn't. By the time it got to Sunday, it was like I almost was expecting our name to be right, and we had to sweat it out till the very end of the of, of the show. Well, but, yeah. well, I mean, I started seeing some teams getting named, and it was like, well, what about the resume though? The resume though, to Coach's point, I mean, I feel like it it was enough. I feel like it was good. They didn't they didn't have a quad one game at home a lot of the other teams did it plays a huge role in that but also on the flip side of that a quad game a quad one game at home is difficult to come by because it's an elite company it's a very small window of teams 
So with the ACC being down a little bit this year, you know, you could take that. You could play to play the other side of that coin. That's that's where you would. That's where I would take it. Well, and that's I think a lot of that gets a lot of stuff gets put into that. But most teams have a losing record in the quad one area because of that exact thing. Is that you go on the road and it makes it a little bit difficult, you know? But it gives you a wide, more wide range of variety of teams that can be quad one. Um, obviously, we would have wanted to have a, a better record there, but yeah, well, you know, you can only play the schedule that's given to you. You're supposed to have Florida State and Louisville two quad one games at home, and we didn't even get a chance to, to play those, so. Um, you know, it is what it is, but I, I just, we didn't have bad losses again. When we when we lost to Pittsburgh, they were they were a good team. They were close to being ranked. They were a team that was looking like they might be in the tournament, and then they kind of fell apart. So yeah, and then um, they had players enter the transfer portal at the at go time, and yeah, all yeah. that. So and, it, and and they have a situation to where I told you I think it's a little bit about revenue. It's a little bit about money, and um, they had a chance to put. Some big name teams, and obviously they didn't go crazy and put in like a Duke or something, and, and it doesn't really make a little bit of sense with Louisville. But uh, you know, sneaking in the Michigan State UCLA in the playing game, while you sneak in the Drake and Wichita State in the other one, um, I think they played the field pretty well. But um, yeah, I mean the 11 seed, I think it, it was it was earned, and, and we're one of the. I mean, we're we're playing really really good right now. So, in your we'll opinion, and I'll give you mine first. Is the play-in game a little bit better situation for a team like Syracuse because of they're a team who really they don't do this team doesn't do well in long longer pauses. I'm not referring to COVID or anything like that. I'm just saying with with a you know you get a week in between games. I feel like Syracuse has been better when they've been playing. I mean, their three day or their five games in three days was fantastic, really. And three days and five three, three games in five, five days. days was fantastic. Yeah, and because they were in well, a rhythm and they were they were going at it, so I feel and like that's what this would be. Go ahead. Well, I just that's feel what, that's what this would be. He tells me to go ahead. Everybody heard that, right? He says go ahead, and then he starts talking. So, I mean, it's not just me, right? You see what I got to put up with. So my point is, is that playing a play-in game against a team that is, you know, a little bit subpar, you know, I mean, you're in that group, you're a little bit subpar, right? So, and, and we, we've played in a play in a play-in game and made it to the Sweet 16, but I feel like that's a good situation for Syracuse to kind of get in that rhythm and go. But what do you think? Uh, I, again... Both playing games are 11 seeds. Uh, we're an 11 seed, and it would be a situation where you would basically play a game on Thursday, then have to play a game on Saturday, then have to play a game on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, again, that would be three games in five days. And, I mean, I just don't know if that's necessarily the best There might be situation. some people that think, okay, get the warm-up game in, right? But then mm-hmm. you're talking about, you know, you're – you're risking some type of injury, and obviously, um, with the COVID thing, you're contact tracing, right? You're, so you're risking that. And um, true, which UConn then, had one pop then too. Two, then two days later, you know, you got to play again. So um, it might not be a the best case scenario. Yes, we have made the Sweet Sixteen, but um, 
to just say that we have to play one more game and then we're just now come Saturday, we're in the same position that we're in right now without having to play a game. I mean, I, I would rather be in the position right now. Okay. Get the extra Fair enough. days. Fair enough. Uh, the, the the folks over at the ACC Network pointing out the obvious with Buddy Beheim and Coach talked about, and we talked about earlier in the year about him just taking a, a while to kind of get his legs back under him after recovering from from the COVID deal, the COVID pause and all that stuff after getting that. But in the last four games, Buddy has shot 44% from three. He's hot right now. And he's going to need to stay hot. We'll get into all of that, but I just thought that that was a that was a cool stat that I saw pop up on on ACC Network um, during that interview there. So um, the zone, and we look towards the zone as kind of the you know the advantage playing guys outside of conference. You heard the coach talk about getting beat by Duke and be, getting beat by UNC in the conference. We definitely like we there's a chance to go on and have to play Clemson. Not the best situation in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, I don't think you have to worry about that. Huh, well, I understand, but I mean it's a ch- there's a chance. So, mm-hmm. anyways, it could happen. And, you know, having it happen the past couple of years, not the ideal situation, I don't think, for Syracuse. But, you know, San Diego State, they're going to have a week to prepare for the zone. And we're going to get into them and what they can do on offense. But I don't know. No. Oh. And you have to – I mean, this is the same coach, too. Uh, I watched his his little interview that he had about, you know, the uh, matchup and everything on YouTube today. And it was funny because he came out and he's like, yeah, well, uh, you know, maybe uh, because we're not playing on a ship, uh, maybe we'll be able to hit some, there won't be any wind and we'll be able to hit some three pointers. And, you know, he was kind of mocking toward the last time that we played him, which was, I don't know exactly the year, but uh, I know Dewan, Dewan Coleman was on the team and you remember it was the Atlantis where he played on that ship. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, obviously, apparently, uh, there was some wind and they didn't make too many shots. So he made a little joke toward that. But it is a coach that has um, has seen this 2-3 zone, not this particular one, but has dealt with it. I know it's been a little while and it's not all the time. And really, nobody in their conference has played zone all year other than Air Force. So um, we'll see. But definitely a team that um, is not familiar with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, let's get into it, shall we? Yes, we shall. The 16-9, and 9-7 Syracuse Orange, they will face the 23-4, 14-3 San Diego State Aztecs this Friday at 940. Great primetime game for me. I'll be primed, that's for sure. The Aztecs <laughs> are uh, the 2021 Mountain West champions. They're currently on a 14-game win streak, and... They have four wins against tournament teams, just like Syracuse. The all-time series with Syracuse in San Diego State sits at 2-0 in favor of the Orange. Joe mentioned the Carrier Classic game in 2012, where the Orange managed to win 62-49. A little bit of sun, a little bit of wind um, 
prevented some outside shooting, but C.J. Fair with 17 points and 10 rebounds. Michael Carter-Williams with 17 points in that win. The only other time the teams met was in the second round of an NIT tournament. Syracuse won 80-64. to That was in 2007. San Diego State was on track to be somewhere around a two-seed last season before it was cut short. The team is they're still pretty good. They uh, have a combined record of the last two years of 53-6. and six. Okay, so, uh, you know, fairly decent. The past 14 games they've won were done so by an average of 18 points. A couple problems, 6'6", 200-pound senior guard Jordan Skackle. It's Skackle, right? Skackle, not Shackle? I don't know. Shoulda, woulda, coulda checked that, but I didn't. He's averaging 14.3 points a game and hitting 47% from behind the arc out of 167 attempts. That is... Uh, that's a clip right there. Also, five foot eight, 165 pound senior guard Terrell Gomez. He's also shooting at a high rate. It's 42% from behind the arc on 120 attempts. As a team, they shoot 37.5% from distance. 6'6", 235-pound senior forward Matt Mitchell. He's leading the Aztecs and scoring with 15 points a game. And 6'10", 230-pound junior forward Nathan Mensa. He is leading his team at six rebounds a game. So, Joe... This team, they really win on their defense, and that's what worries me. Although they can score and they can do it well, San Diego State is ranked 8th in overall defense, holding opponents to an average of 61 points a game this season. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out to me yesterday, they have the number 11 adjusted defense, according to Ken Palm. So, you know, the the stat I, I grabbed was from the NCAA uh, official stat holders. So, right. Um, you know, Syracuse has struggled against good defenses this year. It worries me a little bit. They got a really tall guard. That dude is a problem. Uh, they, they, they got a six yeah. ten forward. He doesn't, you know, play a ton, but I expect to see him a bunch in this one. So what do you think, Joe? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've looked up a couple different things, read some articles, and saw a couple things. Uh, Michael Callister put a good one out there, sportsillustrated.com. Um, and uh, not a very good shot-blocking team, not a very good uh, three-point shooting defensive team, so to speak. Uh, so it seems like they kind of pack it in. They don't let you get easy shots, you know, uh, close to the basket. But... Um, as far as three points go, they're not great as far as, you know, stopping them. And again, like I said, shot blocking. So, um, you know, sometimes you wonder if this, you know, adjusted efficiency and everything just kind of goes with, you know, straight the schedule and who they've played and everything. Obviously, Mountain West, they had two teams on the bubble, two teams get in. So it's one of the better mid-major conferences. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to see Mensa being 6'10". Mitchell being 6'6", and uh, Shaq will be in pretty tall, too, what, 6'6", as well. But um, I know Gomez is – he's 5'8", so uh, that's going to be a, a, kind of a problem if we take Joe out. Uh, Pulliam, the other guard that starts, is 6'3", uh, as well. So if those are going to be the two that start and they're going to be guarding Joe and Buddy, we're going to have the height advantage right away. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like as, as far as – Garden, Doljai, and Garrier. Uh, Mitchell is only 6'6", so I don't know, kind of. Yeah, it presents, of a, presents a little bit of a problem for him. He's a leading scorer, too. So. Uh, yeah, and this is a team that goes 10 deep, 
uh, you know, the last game they had in the uh, Mountain West uh, Championship, they had nine guys play over 10 minutes. They got a 6'7 and a 6'9 forward that comes in, a um, couple other guards that come in. So uh, they're going to they're gonna sub. They're going to keep their guys fresh. Um, and they're very, very good at uh, committing turnovers and not turning the ball over. So, I mean, really one of the things that we got to look at um, – Really, obviously, all year, like we've talked about rebounding. Uh, I think that they're going to have energy. We got to show up with the same energy we've had the last four games and match their their rebounding and their energy and going for loose balls and stuff like that. But we really need to hold on to the ball and not have a lot of unforced turnovers um, and really not a lot of turnovers overall, but definitely not unforced. Um, and really, I just think, buddy, I don't think he needs to do even close to. I don't want to say even close, but he don't need to put up 27, 28, 30, 31. But he de- he definitely needs to to be consistent and get a, get close to 20 and hit those shots. Um, but yeah, these these guys they they kind of score and share the ball all over the place. Even in the Mountain West Championship game, their leading scorer. I mean, you look at their their starting five. Their leading scorer is 14. Other four guys: 10, 10, 9, and 9. Guys on the bench: 6, 2, 4, 2, 2. They had 10 guys play, 10 guys scored. No one scored over 15. And um, so this is a team that shares the ball, and they play good defense. And, and it's definitely not going to be an easy out for sure. But, uh, you know, it's – I don't necessarily think that um, that it's an absolute loss or that, you know, it's something to where, you know, we got to stop their three-point shooting. We know who can shoot threes, and it really doesn't look like they have a guy that can play – uh, you know, Metzler, he looks like he gets kind of all his buckets around the basket. Um, and it doesn't really look to me like they have a guy that's going to be able to play in the middle there at that free throw line. So, um, you know, they might hit, come out and hit a couple of threes early and with their energy and everything and their shooting, uh, maybe get up a little bit. But once we figure out um, our defense against them, then I think uh, you're going to see some tides turning. They're going to have some difficult shots, maybe some shot clock violations and uh you know, from there, it's just coaching, subs. You know, I hope that Jim still keeps continuing to substitute and get the mismatches and the guys in there he needs to. Um, and if he does that, then I think I think we got a really good shot on, on Friday. You think um, we'll see a little bit more Jesse Edwards? Is this going to be a situation where the level of play is going to be a little bit much for him, If especially if everybody can stay out of foul trouble? One thing I noticed, too, Real quick, hold that thought. Was the last the last time they lost was two in a row to Utah State. They're one of these teams that does this: two home games, two away games, two home games, or well, actually, four away games, two home games. Anyways, they play the same team twice every other day. Or, yeah. So yeah, uh, a lot they, of small conferences. Yeah, like they did, in, in, which is fine. But I'm just pointing out that they, you know, they played a lot of the teams in their conference twice, and to just keep it tight. So. But when you look at their when you look at their schedule, Joe, I mean they, they are they are they've won these past fourteen games, they're all wins, by an average of eighteen points. It's a ton. But we're talking about Wyoming, New Mexico, San Jose State, Fresno State, Boise State. You know, I don't know at what level, by the way, that those teams are able to play at, to be honest, because you know, we're out of the ACC. I'm not watching this West Coast stuff. That much, you know. If if I am, I I actually do, but it's on. I'll watch it, but I'm usually, you know, I'm usually doing something and 
just the games on. You know, I'm not paying t- a ton of, of attention to it. So their strength of schedule was something like 89, and ours was 49. So I just don't know how much, and it's hard to say how much they've been they've been challenged this year. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. And that's not to take anything away from, from what they've got going on and winning the Mountain West and all that stuff. No, because just like us, they can only play the teams that are in front of them, right? Right, exactly. But, I mean, when you, when you think about the caliber of team they've been playing, I mean, I think Syracuse, you know, so Utah State, right, they went to the conference, they, they were beat by them twice, and then they went to the conference championship and beat them. So, you know, they seem like a pretty decent team, I guess. I have no idea. No, Utah State made it still, so we'll see. Right. So, anyways, that's just... But realistically, even like a Colorado State or a Boise State, right, in their conference that were on the bubble, if they played an ACC schedule, then they would probably be not where they are. Toast. Right so, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, 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 and that's just it. And for, you know, you look at the... How many ACC teams got in? Seven? Seven. Yeah, which isn't terrible, but it's low, right? Yeah, so, yeah it's low, and the highest seed we got was four. Right, two of them, correct? Yep, four yeah. state Virginia. So, you know, it's tough to say. That that whole thing's such a tough call. Everything everybody had to go through this year to get to this point, just, yeah. you know. just. I'm to, just happy we're in, man. I'm just happy <laughs> we're in, too. So there was a moment yesterday where I was messing with the technology and getting kicked off of Facebook when Joe was – you know, kind of narrating it up for me while I'm playing around with all that stuff. And there was a point where uh, he crushed my hopes and I think he crushed his own in the process until, until we had that, until we saw San Diego state come up and we're like, all right, let's see what we got. And then boom. So I say, I was like, be Syracuse. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, we will do predictions. We are going to hear from James and all of that right after this. Bet online. I've already... I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I told you about it. I'm going to tell you about it again. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, NASCAR, all of that's in full swing. MLB is coming right up. Even award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time, updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code ARMCHAIR. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you. BetOnline. eBay.com slash sneakers. Go there today. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for on eBay as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're even sent to you so you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for all of you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection with other sites taking as much as 25%. You're going to have a lot of extra money for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. That's ebay.com slash sneakers today. Buy, sell, trade. No, I don't think you can trade. You can buy and sell. Thank you. ebay.com slash sneakers. You know what time it is. It's James time. James time with James Zuba at James Zuba on Twitter. James does basketball things on the interwebs and all over the Twitter. All over the Twitter. James, he loves it. He's there. Give him a follow. I'm sure everybody that listens to this show that gives a crap about James is already following him. But welcome. How's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well. Yeah, my condolences to everybody that follows me on Twitter. I, I guess James time, is, is that like code for I'm sending out a tweet or something? Like, 
That's James that's, time. That's how I interpreted that. That's no James time is well. It could be for that. It could be for the time where you join Joe and I to talk about Syracuse basketball. Okay. And yeah, we call it James time. You never knew that. Yeah. No. No. That's a first. Oh, do you like your intro music? I mean, just yeah. No. Even... The, the intro music's great. Yeah. That's that's been as a, a steady theme for the last I think three or four times I've been out. I, I so. did change it up. That's good. It's different. Yeah. It's different. It seems to be pretty popular with all of our other guests, who are Tyler Morona. <laughs> That's a lot of guests. You got him and me, man. It, it's That's been a while. Tyler's been busy in football has past. So, uh, anyways, James, we are bringing you on. We gave our thoughts, and, and we'll we'll piggyback off of things you've got to say. But first things first, were you were you sweating it? Were you sweating it a little bit yesterday? Did you were you confident? Did you think they were going to get in? Did you think it was going to take that long? What, were, what are your thoughts? First of all, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Answer that first. Then I got to follow up. Okay. Yeah. No. It's 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 funny you ask. So actually, I had a few buddies over for selection Sunday, and uh, that's a party. Bracket, that's a party. <laughs> yeah, we you know got going, had some had some food, made some you know sliders and potato skins and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, once, once the bracket was getting revealed and at first you cut, you see Drake, uh, you see VCU come up, you see Wichita state and then you see Utah state and you're like, wait a minute, you know, like yep. Q's out. And then, and then you see the ACC and you see Virginia tech in the 10 spot and you see Georgia tech in the nine. So yeah. you start putting the pieces together, and you're like, maybe you know the committee just didn't think that highly of the ACC, and these other bubble teams are getting in, so maybe Cuse is out. Um, but you know, sure enough, you know, you get the the San Diego State, and then the Syracuse, and then you say, oh, okay, okay. Um, and there, there were some other teams that were right on the cusp. Obviously, Louisville is the first team out; they didn't get in. Uh, there was a lot of talk about their resume and the lead up, but um, you know, the committee decided to go with Syracuse over them. So. Here we are. But, yeah, to, to answer your question, yeah, I was. I, I thought Cuse wasn't getting in for a second. So That sounds exactly like what we went through, Sean. It was kind yeah, of the same thing. Like, yesterday. I was confident. I was like, you know what? I think we're going to get an 11 seed. And I saw Judge Drake, Wichita State, playing a game. And I'm like, okay. And I saw the same teams pop up that you saw pop up, the VCU, the Utah States. And then I saw the respect or the lack of that they were showing the ACC, right? Like Virginia and Florida State only getting a four seed. And then the – ACC championships getting a nine seed. I mean, they were in the tournament before that, and they still only got a nine seed. And then, like you said, Virginia Tech has been ranked all year, sixteen and six. They get a ten seed, and you're like, "Oh, hold on!" Like I definitely was starting to same same feeling that you had, same yeah. exact feeling. So you know, we could talk about Louisville in a second, but as far as the Syracuse resume went for you, James, in I know you were keeping track of it because I stole your stats off of Twitter. So you know the quad stuff and all that. What did you think? Did you think they were, they're they're worthy of getting in? Did you expect them to get in? Yeah, yeah, uh, certainly did. And definitely the day before Georgetown and Oregon State stole bids, I, I thought, okay, you know, they're, they're going to get a buy. They're not going to be in the first four. What, once those two teams stole bids, you, you started to think like, okay, maybe that pushes Syracuse down a little bit you know, into the play-in game. But there, there was enough there. Um, obviously, the knock on them is the 2-7 and seven road record and, you know, 1-7 and seven in quad one. But you, you had North Carolina that was kind of right there on the outer cusp. 
Um, you know, same with Clemson, same with Virginia Tech. So I, I don't know how the committee really looks at that. I don't know if they, you know, the, the quadrants are like a hard cutoff or if they sort of say, hey, you know, this these wins are close. This is almost a quad one. This is, you know, almost a quad two. So, but, but you know, I think I think there was enough there. It was it was kind of a weak bubble. I don't think, you know, we really talked about that this year. Usually every year you kind of hear like it's a weak bubble, it's a weak bubble. This year I think it really was. Um, but but I think there was enough there for Syracuse. You know, six and one in quad two, six and one in quad three, and then the metrics were there as well. Um, you know, the net at forty, and then you know Sager and KPI, BPI, all, all those all those numbers were in the forties. So. You, um, I, I think there was enough there for to, to warrant their inclusion for sure. You think you think the net is a good reflection of the teams that? I mean, you can just speak to this year because it's probably hard to remember, but a good reflection of the teams that got in this year. Can you look at? Can you use that as a metric throughout the year? Is it is it good enough to use as a metric throughout the year and be like, you know, we we're we're top forty forty five. We should be good. Yeah. It, it's it's not something you want to look at as a standalone. Um, obviously, it's the chief's you know sorting tool that they use to differentiate the quadrants, so it, it carries a lot of weight. Um, I, I don't know that you want to look at that in and of itself. There there were in the past, uh, I think two years ago, NC State was a top forty net team and they didn't get in, but their strength of schedule was sub two hundred, so that's that's what kept them out. Um, but but you know I, I think it's. It's a general guide. It's it's certainly better than the RPI. The RPI, I think you could you could maneuver and manipulate a little bit easier in terms of just scheduling teams that are from smaller conferences that are going to have you know winning records and, and a good win loss record. So you can kind of manipulate that more. But um, it's it's not perfect. It's you know it's not something you want to look at just solely in and of itself. But I, I think it's it's a fair metric and it's it's a good general guide for for how to committee can look at and see teams and what did you th- and i don't usually ask you this main question sorry so <laughs> but these are these are a couple of things that we kind of talked about what what do you think about louisville getting in i mean they had what like five games in a row that were postponed or canceled i guess that did toward you know eventually canceled and you know they just didn't have a lot there they didn't have a ton to go off of they had multiple issues numerous times so is it really any surprise to you that, that Louisville didn't make it? Because I'm not surprised. Coach Jackson's surprised, but what's he going to do? You know, he's on ACC Network. Of course he's going to act surprised. So. Yeah, sure, sure. Of course he's going to, you know, vote for somebody in his conference. To, to be perfectly frank with you, yes, I was surprised that they didn't get in. Um, th- there's enough there where you can say, hey, okay, you didn't do enough to get in, right? Um, you know, they're, they're 56 in the net. They're one and six in quadrant one games. I, I don't think they should be penalized for games that they weren't allowed to play. But at the same time, you do miss opportunities. So, as we know, there were two games against Syracuse. If they win one or even two of those games, who, who knows what we're talking about now? Um, but, but anytime, you know, we do it every year, there's always that, that first team that's left out and you could split hairs. I think a lot of people would have said Louisville was more deserving of a Wichita State. Um, but at the same time, they had their opportunities. They, they had their chances. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't get it done. You know, they, they lost to uh, Miami. You, you know, that's that's kind of a quote-unquote bad loss. And they lost to Duke in the first round of the ACC tournament. So um, ultimately, there, there's always things that leave you out. 
Um, but but to be to be honest with you, yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised. I thought they were going to make the field, and they were also see, just. See, I'm, I'm along the lines where I think the you, COVID thing kind of has a little Joe, bit. Of- you got you know the rules of the room, right? Come on, do it. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I'm not raising my hand. Okay, I'm just not raising go, my then. hand. I was halfway through a sentence. <laughs> go go. I was just saying, I'm I'm kind of along the lines, and we've spoke about it on on uh, the podcast that. Um, you know, if you, you don't want to use, you know, games not being played against certain teams, but when it's the same team's fault over and over again, and it's the same teams that seem to be getting the positive tests. And I mean, you don't want to come out and say that they're being irresponsible, but at some point when you don't play for a month and it's because of positive tests on your team, I mean, when do you, that's kind of going to have an effect, you know, and, and eventually it had an effect on, I think, this because of the amount of games that they didn't play, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I think that they were a tournament team, but I think that the amount of games they didn't play kind of hurt them. And I don't know if it was because it was their fault, but uh, for a month, it was their fault. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and they also, you know, when they came back, what they the game against us was going to be a home game. That was the last one against us, the second one against us that was canceled. They didn't play for and two weeks. Th- yeah, and then they go and play UNC, and UNC destroys them by like fifty. And I'm like, yeah. man, I wish, I wish we had that game at home. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I'm it glad they didn't twice make with it. them too. Yep. I mean, er- earlier in the year in December, they went 15 days without playing, and they played at Wisconsin, and they got smoked. You know, they lost by 40. Yep. So that that happened twice with them coming off of COVID balls, where they they suffered you know 30, 40 point defeats. And, and at some point, too, if you're the NCAA and you have a team that's got that many different things going on, is that a team that you want to invite to that bubble, so to speak? You know, I mean, I, I don't want to – again, they're probably never going to come out and say it, but it's a it's kind of an important thing. You know, you start getting those positive tests rolling around, you get the games canceled, hurts the revenue, and, you know, who knows? So uh, you never know if that really had something to do with it, but uh, it's hard it's only speculation, but it's hard not to think that that wasn't a, a, a conversation. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, look at it. You don't have Kentucky, you don't have Louisville, but you have Rick Pitino and Iona in the tournament. How about that? <laughs> That's great. That's great, actually. Uh, so, Buddy Beheim, he comes becomes the first SU player named ACC All-Tournament First Team after his performance in the in, against NC State and UVA. UVA, the heartbreaker. Barely ever win. My gosh. I know. <laughs> Um, so, right, exactly, right? We've never won two in a row in the ACC tournament. Got to play more than one game to make so, the ACC tournament. Yeah, <laughs> but he does it in two games, which is phenomenal because yeah. he was playing He's playing at a high level, James. In the past four games, I mentioned this earlier, he's 44% from behind the arc in the last four games. And it going into this game, and I want to get your thoughts on San Diego State, obviously, but going into this game – and you look at Buddy Beheim just kind of leading this team after, you know, we've been waiting for someone to kind of grab this team by the Jones and and take it and put it on his back and do his do their thing. <laughs> and Buddy has done it the past couple games. And but can he continue it? Does it, does the week off hurt Syracuse? Can Buddy keep going? Do you think he's just this? Is this the Buddy we've been? We we know he could be. Was the COVID pause that big of a deal? And just getting back into the groove, um, did it make that much of a difference? Yeah, well, the week off in between the, the Clemson game and the first-round ACC tournament game, 
didn't seem to affect him too much. <laughs> right. He certainly didn't cool off at all in the ACC tournament. Um, look, you, you never know how a different arena they're, they're playing at Hinkle. Um, you never know with, with shooters, but I, I think we've seen enough with Buddy to know that even if his three-point shot's not falling, he can do some other things where you know he can get his mid-range going and he can get other areas of his game involved. So uh, I think we can, can, can expect him to play fairly well in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's played incredible. I mean, through the final stretch of games, he's just shot the lights out. He shot the heck out of the ball. Um, and, and this is the buddy that, that we saw last year, right? And he's, he's added a few other things as well, but you know, people forget how, how well he played and that sort of understudy role to Elijah Hughes. Mm-hmm. He was kind of that secondary scorer scorer on the team last year. And he had some games where he just shot the heck out of the ball. Uh, Virginia Tech comes to mind where he was just lights out and he shot it well all year. I mean, he led the power five and three point makes last year. So to, to see him have this kind of finish, it's it's not totally surprising. And I, I think Jim Beheim said it as well. You know, when he when he had COVID, it kind of took out his legs. He didn't really have his legs underneath him. And um, some of his shots were coming up short. But no, th- this is this is the buddy, the buddy Beheim that we know. Um, certainly a great shooter, one of the best shooters in the country. And it's it showed down the stretch. Daddy's boy needs to be benched. <laughs> Awful. He's only playing because his dad's the coach, right? Just nepotism. Nepotism. Just going through all of that, and you you know he's on Twitter because he's reading his dad mean tweets in the living room while they're watching The Bachelor or whatever the hell. So you know he's going through that whole thing and uh, just not paying any attention to it. And man, just what an amazing performance that he's put on the past few games. I just he's key for us. Obviously, you know San Diego State is going to going to lock on him and and try to to stop that from happening after scoring 31 against UVA. But another problem is in, uh, San Diego State. And they've got they got some guys that can shoot, James. They're really good. They've won 14 in a row. I mean, we can talk about their strength of schedule or this or that, but it's still not easy to win 14 in a row. And You've got two guys shooting over 40% from three with significant attempts. Um, yeah. And obviously a, a, a good defense, they can shoot, but they haven't seen the zone since 2012 on an on a, on a, on a aircraft carrier. But what do you think about San Diego State? Yeah, they're an interesting team. Um, they're led by two seniors. Matt Mitchell and Jordan Shackle. Uh, Shackle, the better shooter of the two. But Matt, Matt Mitchell's really good. I mean, he's really good in kind of that mid-range area. He's really physical in and around the paint. He's going to look to mix it up. I mean, he should be able to, to work the high post against the zone and uh, maybe get down there along the baseline a little bit as well. But he's he's really good. I mean, that's the guy you got to watch out for. Um, interesting nugget. Uh, I don't know if anybody you know read the site today, but he actually grew up – uh, kind of, kind of idolizing Carmelo, and Syracuse was was his favorite school growing up. So, interestingly enough, you know, he he, he spoke glowingly of Carmelo, and he said he you know used to wear an orange headband as a kid. So that's that's going to be a storyline that's that's put all over the broadcast. I mean, that's that's an interesting angle there. But um, yeah, he's he's the guy you got to watch out for. And then Shackle's a really good shooter. I mean, he's shooting over forty percent from three. Syracuse is going to have to locate him within the zone, uh, really force him to to put it on the deck and. Um, you know, really kind of force him into a, a dribbler there. 
Uh, but they've got some other guys as well. They, they shoot it well as a team. They shoot 37.5% from outside. Uh, they'll be prepared going into this game. You know, their, their assistant coach was on the radio today, I believe, in San Diego. And he said they were doing some early film study and they realized that, you know, that, that's what Syracuse does well. They defend the three and they're, they're looking to take that away. So they have to do some other things well against the zone. But, uh, you know, so, certainly a good team. Um, I expect Syracuse to be ready. San Diego State's going to be ready as well. I mean, this game could go either way. Um, Syracuse is playing some of its best basketball of late. Uh, the defense wasn't great against Virginia, but generally speaking, I think it's tightened up a little bit down the stretch. So it, it should make for an interesting first-round game. If Syracuse... That's tough. That's a tough ca- comparison. Sorry. No, you you're good. Go ahead. Um, that's a tough comparison, though, because I look at Tony Bennett as a team. Like His team... His teams are very disciplined, and they know how to beat that zone. The way those guys move around, get those open shots, I don't expect the San Diego State team that hasn't seen that zone every year at least once to be able to really figure that out really, really fast anyway. you know. Um, and when I was looking at this team, too, I know that there's a lot of players that you know they, they pass the ball all around and, and they share the ball, and a lot of players score in different ways, but... Um, you know, other than Mitchell, I don't really know, other than shooting threes or right down near the basket, I don't really know, you know, where they're going to be getting their pull-up jumpers and their mid-range jumpers and stuff like that. So, you know, you get a certain certain people in foul trouble, or if Mitchell's not hitting, then I think it's going to be very difficult for them to score on us. That's just, that's my opinion. All right, let's take a call. Hey, you're on with Sean, Joe, and James. What's up? Hey, guys, what's up? It's Joe P. What's up, Joe P? Joey. You guys doing all right? Good. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, doing good. Hey, James, wanted to say I love Noon's Magician. Been following it for years. I think you must be the only one left. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think about the matchup, Joe? I I don't know. I like it. I hate it. I'm 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 the negative Nancy. You know me, but. Uh, I think we've been playing really well. We got a good shot. We've our defense has actually, I believe, gotten better over the past few games. They've been playing hard, yeah. shooting the ball well, and as long as they keep that up, and you know, we got at least a good shot of winning winning the game, maybe even two, because I don't think West Virginia is as good as everybody thinks they are. Well, <clears throat> you know, the problem, the biggest problem, in Joe and I have talked about it throughout the year is that this they're not they haven't been playing as a team. Like right. they they they're playing a little hero ball here and there. You get a couple guys that are mm-hmm. streaky. You never have the whole team except for the NC State game. That was like oh that was like their best offensive game, and and that's what they're going to have to bring to compete. I mean, and, and it's time to uh-huh. do it's time to do that. It's time to do that. I agree totally. And and, and if, I think to me what what happens is they do they get the, in that team mode and they start hitting shots and then all of a sudden they go back to hero ball because everybody's feeling it. So it's like okay, I'm feeling it. I got the ball. I'm going to shoot instead of looking for the open shots, which they had been doing previously. And then you kind of slip back into that, and that's when a 15-point lead dwindles down and everybody starts getting nervous. And then, you know, they put on the press and they turn it back around. And, you know, it's like, it's like that cycle of shame. Yeah, and it's, so. when, when, you get, when, when Syracuse gets rattled, I get totally nervous because you, mm-hmm. you can watch the blood drain from their faces. And right. they they just they have a way of just wearing it on their sleeve where they're like you could tell when they're rattled they're they're rattled right. they're no good yeah 
we'll, yeah. we'll do it in this, and I said, this, I said this that, game. And I can't too. remember what game it was. Yeah, and I can't remember which game it was a few, few games ago. I want to say it was NC State, um, but where they had a big lead and they let it get back down, but instead of like completely collapsing, they like gathered themselves back it was, up. And it was Clemson. On a run. It was Clemson, that was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah they almost yeah. lost that game. They almost gave mm-hmm. it away. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and that's something that I brought up earlier, too, too Joe. Um, uh, this San Diego State team, they average eight steals a game. Uh, they average, I think, 15 and a half turnovers a game, and they don't turn the ball over. I think like something like 11 turnovers. So um, wow. it's one of those things that that's that's going to be a key. I think that Buddy mm-hmm. and Quincy, with the with the players that they have, um, as far as um, guarding them in their matchups, I think they have good matchups, and I think those are two guys that are going to have to have good games, but we're also going to have to take care of the ball. I mean, unforced errors yeah. and stuff like that is going to be huge against the team. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just excited we got in. I'm excited we didn't have to go into the first four. You know, it shows that they, they counted how well we were playing at the end of the season. And, you know, and honestly, I'm just really glad that we're playing a West Coast team, so we got a late-night game on Friday so I can actually watch it while the baby's asleep. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, right there with you, Joe. I, I was really excited to see the late tip. <laughs> I was excited to see Raftery on call. Yes. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but there I'm going to go Raftery. I, I hope, I really do hope that San Diego State wins the tip. Just so we can hear, and Syracuse goes two three zone with minimum. I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. So I'm I'm looking forward to that too. I'm I'm glad you said that. Uh, it's him and Grant Hill, right? Awesome. Yeah. And and uh, nice. well, well, Nance is on on play by play, and then uh, him and Grant are on color, and then and okay. then uh, Tracy Wilson sideline. So yeah, yeah it's it's that's a great crew. I mean, that's the crew that you would hope to get for first round. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the the second row. Really- matchup with the West Virginia and Moorhead State, that's going to be going on at the same time. So, yeah. uh, oh, that's we're cool. not really going to know what's, yeah, so we're oh, not cool. going to be able to watch that, but Joe, were you nervous? Nice. Were you nervous when you were watching the tournament uh, selection show? I actually didn't get a chance to. I was uh, following it just <laughs> on like Ted. Ted was texting me and you were texting me, and I was following it on Twitter. I was uh, doing, uh, you know, husband stuff around the house, so. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. too bad. That's I know. <laughs> well, you know, the the negative Nancy and me didn't want to didn't want to put a jinx on it, and you know, like staying away <laughs> was working. Go. So well, I was like, all right. Thanks for sacrificing it for us. All right, before you that's, go, Joe. That's Joe, what I do. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks for working. <laughs> thanks for working during most of the games too. We appreciate that. So before yeah. before you go, I get we got to get your prediction. All right, um, I'm going to say Syracuse by six. Okay. Okay. I, what are the number? Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Oh, you want to play uh, that game? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 74-68. <laughs> Syracuse. All right, buddy. Well, dude, it was good hearing from you, man. I know you've been busy hey. here lately. but Yeah, uh, great, talk, great talking to you guys. And uh, go Cuse. And you know, look forward to listening to more of the podcast and following James over there on noon. So we'll talk to you guys soon. All right, buddy. Take care, Thanks, man. Joe. Thanks hey. for reading All right, Joe. Thanks, Thank you. Night, right, guys. All right. All right, so not a total failure on the call front. Thanks for Joe P for bailing <laughs> us out, dude. We love you for that. We're, I'm over here sweating bullets, putting it on in social media, and not getting anything. So he comes through, man. He's clutch for sure. So well, I thought for sure Waterboy would be a I, I know, me too. Sure little disappointed, old. little disappointed in Tony uh, n- not not uh, coming on here. But hey. You know, it is what it is. He's probably at the gym or taking a COVID test, one or the other. 
so so he's what like 100 and 0 versus the covid test that's a great job there undisputed champion so it would be great to hear from him but claim 100 no one seed do what <laughs> never no, gonna see one seed covid one seed yeah no kidding no kidding he's never gonna be able to smell again oh my gosh so yeah well i i took one it was bad he takes the rapid test i believe so he he it's not as brutal, by the way. I took the I don't remember what it's called. I don't even care. Whatever. I had been there, done that. It's over. Uh so all right. Well, anything else to wrap it up? Did I cover it? Oh no, hold on. This is what I wanted to do real real quick with you. James, what'd you say? We got a lot to talk about. So you kicking me off already? No, no, no. I thought no. we were just getting started. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just trying to think of things because Joe can't. So the call, oh the Lord. call saved us there for a couple for minutes. You to stop asking questions. Oh my gosh, really, Joe? Are you serious? Are you serious? Boy, you were gonna owe a fortune to the swear jar. Jeez, um, crow. It's, it's it's not funny. It's really it's not. Funny. It's not. It's, kind of it's not, Coach. I I agree with you. I agree with you. So. Well, why don't you mark that down? So you I am. I'm right. I'm right now. I'm writing it down. <laughs> gonna have to uh, clean that up there for the kids. So, James. I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to get predictions now because my next question hinges on that, on just that. So you don't have to because I know you do it in print, James. So you can opt out, okay? Because I'm not trying to. I'm, the the five people that are listening right now, I don't want to ruin the printed version of this for them. So, Joe, though, I'm gonna make you go first on your prediction. Don't don't do mouth noises, please. Sorry. 6863. 6863. Syracuse. Yeah. I gotta go with my pick. You know, remember when we did the uh, the three sports picks and I picked both Syracuse and uh, the women's and the men's to make the sweet sixteen, so that is, I gotta go with that. That is facts. That is facts. Hey again, guess what? I got half of it right, because at least they both made it. That's so true. we're there. That's true. We're I have here, to have to go way. back at some point and listen to that. And um, I'm, I'm saying that now, but I probably won't. All right. So. I th- <laughs> well, I'll make you because I'm going to be right on most. So, okay. I'm not going to explain too much here. And Joe usually goes on for about five, ten minutes. So I appreciate that, Joe. Just oh, putting out okay. the prediction. But, man, I'll tell you. San Diego State's allowing an average of 61 points. I don't think – I mean, the way Syracuse's offense is playing right now I think is a, probably a step above some of what they've seen. But I still think it's going to be low. Plus, with Syracuse playing a, a really good defense, I think in the 60s is right about right, Joe. You're, you got a good – you got a good – you got a good one. You got a good prediction there in that. I'm going to say – I'm going to say – I'm going to say 70, 66, Syracuse. Well. Four points. Okay. Well. Okay. So, James, do you want to divulge? Uh, as any elite prospect would do, I'm, I'm going to opt out. Okay. Uh, I'm going to opt out. Uh, as if I play for the Duke Blue Devils, I'm going to opt out. But what I will say, what I will say, San Diego State hasn't played a 
terrible schedule. Um, okay, this now, is what I wanted it, to ask. So they're, 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 did I not ask this yet? I did not. No. Okay. No. So their strength of schedule was at 89. Syracuse's was a 49. Okay, according to – is that what you got? That no, was I, I showed their strength of schedule of 28. But I, this is what I was going to say is that that seems a little high. Well, that, where did you where did you high. look? I'm I'm going off of warrennolan.com. Okay, I'm at team for Rain. San Diego State. Yes. Where do where do you have Syracuse and, on unless, that site? Unless that's incorrect, I mean, I'm I'm going off of warrennolan.com. So that's that's what I'm looking at for strength of schedule. I'm at teamrankings.com. I don't know how much water okay. this this holds. But, <laughs> But this is one that I've been to before that I thought was pretty decent. And I got Syracuse at 49 and San Diego State at 89. Okay. That's a big difference. It is a big difference. You know, what I will say, regardless of strength of the schedule, they've played some good teams. Um, You know, they've beaten some tournament teams. They they beat UCLA. Uh, they, They played BYU. Early in the season, but they actually lost to BYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played Utah State a bunch of times. Uh, they played them three times actually, and they, yep. they actually lost to them twice. Um, so, so what I would say, they've played some good teams, but definitely not as tough as the schedule. I think is is the ACC. Obviously, I mean, I think that kind of goes without saying. But um, you know, I I wouldn't think that you know we we should totally undersell their, their strength of schedule. It's not like they they haven't played anybody uh, all year. I think that's no. fair to say, but well, that's what we talked about earlier, right? I mean, Boise yeah. State, Colorado State, uh, Nevada, really—you know—those guys—they weren't bad teams, but those those are the the bubble team, middle of the pack. Where if they right. play an ACC right. schedule, they're probably not touching that bubble spot, right? So, I'm looking at that, and even really a Utah State probably only got there because of the conference they're in. Uh, San Diego State, I think, it's a different beast. Um, Last year, I think they were set up to be a number one seed, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were projected, um, yeah, a two seed last year. But they had a they had a player Probably go sure. to, and they had a I don't don't know his name, but they had a player that went I think first round, lost some guys. And, yes, and um, different team, but still same coach and same same philosophy, and then they still got talent. So uh, definitely not a team to sleep on for sure. But I do believe that um, day in and day out, Syracuse played better talent, better, better, but more talented teams, I should say, on a night in and night out basis. But um, it's all going to come down to, you know, the, the things that have been the same things that, that Syracuse has had to deal with this whole year. I think that um, if we can control the rebounding, control our turnovers, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know that those are going to be the two biggest things for me, um, and obviously just scoring. As long as uh, Beheim continues to, um, we've seen him go more deep in his bench and put players in that it's going to help with mismatches and help with where they're getting hurt. And he's more comfortable bringing different guys in if certain players aren't playing well. And as long as he sticks to that and they keep making those uh, adjustments like they have, I mean, I think the coaching staff and and the way that they've been in the rotation the last four four games has has been pretty pretty good. So as long as they stick to that, then I mean I think we're going to be all right. But James, not to say it ain't going to be easy. No hell no hell no. no this is a tough no team. tournament game is easy. This West is a Virginia tough. West Virginia ain't going to have a, an easy game against Morehead State. 
So, <clears throat> well, that's that's their problem. So, do you, James? Joe alludes to you know using the rotations a little bit more, and 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 we have, and they've done a great job. Jesse Edwards and Braswell, Bobby Braz, a Noon's favorite, and everybody favorite, mm. but but mm. Noon's puts them out there big time, and we love them for it. All of Understatement you. of the year. <laughs> All of you at noons. We love it. <laughs> we so, love Bobby Creswell. Yes. He he dude, I mean, and rightfully so. Okay. But do we see do we see Jesse Edwards in there? You know, you've got this six ten guy. What what was the six ten guy's name again? I'm sorry. Mensa. Mensa, Mensa yeah. that's right. So you got the six ten guy in there. He doesn't play a ton, but is this too high level high of a level of play for, for Jesse Edwards? During this game, no, no, but I don't know if it's the type of game that we're going to see right. Jesse. Um, yeah, but Mensa, I, I've I've watched I've only watched San Diego State twice this year, um, so so I know who you're talking about. He he's he looks a little raw down there, so I don't know yeah. if he's someone that's really going to hurt you. Not a Maybe ton of he's minutes. a guy that can catch a lob, but he's not going right. to you know do too much. He's not going to hurt you too much down there. Um, I I think it's the kind of game where we're going to see Marek unless he gets in foul trouble. We're probably going to see Marek for 38 minutes. I mean, I think that's the kind of game. But that's that's not to say that Jesse's not ready for tournament play. Um, if you get a, a bigger body down there or, or somebody that, you know, if you get a West Virginia, maybe that's kind of the game where, where he can get a little bit, you know, more minutes. But uh, I, I think he's I think he's ready to play. Um, you know, I mean, there's going to be some nerves and there's times where he struggles, you know. Sometimes he does bobble some balls down there, like like Bayheim says. I mean, that's that's true. I think we've all seen that. Um, but but Stone I think hands. he can give you something. And I think if the, the, the matchup warrants it, I think we could see Jesse, and I think he'd be okay in there. Yeah. What do you think about yeah. Robert Braswell coming on, man? He's done a fantastic job coming on. Well, where, where it's important is in a game like Virginia, when Alan Griffin struggles, mm-hmm. you feel okay – with Braswell coming in because he plays defense and he does, he makes the right rotations within the zone. And then his offense is almost kind of a bonus. Like you you need something out of him offensively, but you know, if he's coming in and scoring double figures off the bench, that's a huge lift. Um, Good free throw shooter too. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's a good shooter. Knocks knocks him down from the line. Um, You know, look, nobody's expecting him to come in and go four for four like he did against Virginia. I mean, that was that was insane. But, you know, he's he's somebody that, you know, if Griffin is having an off game and we've seen Griffin play up and down, Mm -hmm. if he's having an off game and being a ball stopper, you feel okay with what you have with Braswell coming in off the bench. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, credit to him because he he really struggled at the start of the year and um, he came in in spots. But now he's he's been kind of reliable you know, is that first forward off the bench. So yeah, he's uh, been, he's been a pleasant surprise, man, coming down the stretch. And you know, you didn't see this coming from Jesse Edwards either. Let's be honest. You talk about him bobbling balls. I mean, we used to call Chuku stone hands and you know, uh, (laughs) he had his moments, right. And, and, and just not, (laughs) just not strong enough, Jesse Edwards sometimes, but he's got this massive frame. He's got these huge, broad shoulders. He's put on what, 20 pounds, maybe even over 20, 25 pounds. And he's got something. He's got more frame to build on. I mean, you could get this dude up to two forty, and he could be a force down there. Yeah. Well, and you see the confidence too. Yeah, I mean, the confidence with him the last four days too. And again, going back to what James was saying, like the emergence of of Braswell and Edwards, that gives us just that option. If like we're not rebounding, we need to go big. Alan Griffin isn't playing defense. I think that's honestly one of the the 
the biggest changes that the coaching staff made was realistically, you have to realize when it's Alan Griffin's game and when it's not and get him out or keep him in. And if he's not hitting and the offense translates to the defense and we're getting out rebounded and he's missing the rotations, as James alluded to, got to get him out of there. And if he's got to play 12 points or 12 minutes for you to win, then that's what he has to do. But um, having those options of, you know, do we need Jesse? Do we need Mark? Do we need to just keep Mark in, bring in Barrett? being able to know when to use them I think it's been one of the biggest um, helps as far as the last four games and um, yeah I mean it's, it's as far as uh, San Diego State goes what he said um, it might not be a game where we need Jesse Edwards to come in because Mark might be able to handle it down low and where maybe Bobby will come in and, and hopefully he gives Jesse a couple minutes just to keep him going, keep his confidence up, give him a couple minutes in the tournament, because if we do win, we are going to need him against West Virginia. But uh, to me, that's been the biggest thing. Uh, there's been some games in the past where we should have taken Allen out. There was a hero ball, mm-hmm. and we just he just needs to know when to do it. Yeah, he, he's, and, and he, I think it's just helped this team out tremendously. Yeah, he's made some poor decisions, and to come, you know, coach called him out, James, a couple games. Was it it was the UVA game, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't. Was it? Where he came, where he said, "Yeah, yeah," where he had said, "Yeah, yeah." After after the Virginia game, I mean, he he came in and he tried to fade away from the free throw line and got blocked, and uh, they had had some some criticism for him after the game, just <laughs> saying he thought it was a good shot. He's like, "If you're thinking that, you know, at this point of the season." Well, and you think yeah. about it, you think about it. If Sidibe was healthy. Is Alan Griffin even sniffing honorable mention in the ACC, all ACC? I mean, is, is he even getting those minutes? Because we know it would have been Sadibi, Garrier, and, and Dolzhai. I mean, he would have been a six-man coming off the bench. He would have never even had the role that he had this whole year. So um, it's interesting in hindsight to see how possibly the season would have went if Sadibi was never hurt. Um, yeah, we'll never – we'll never – But Griffin we'll also – Griff has also won us games too. Yep. So when he's good, he's really good. I mean, so, he's yes. player, he can win you a game with his shooting. Yes. He can, yeah, he can take you to another level when he's playing well. It's always and hero blocks, ball, though. The blocks, the come from behind blocks, some of the game-winning blocks. I mean, he's had two game-winning blocks yeah. on yep. top of the points that he scored against. So you don't want to downplay his stuff, but he tends to let his bad offensive games turn into bad defensive games and overall just not a great team player that kind of hurts the team and and it's an unfortunate thing but you know these last four games coach has been like all right you ain't gonna play defense you're not gonna make that rotation all right you're out bobby b bring in the righty yeah <laughs> yeah so, he's had a volatile finish to the season too you just like to see him be a little bit more consistent yeah. yeah, that's just it. And that's kind of been the situation with the team in general on the consistency front. You know, it's it's just been one of those things. And it seems to have been a couple years worth. So, anyways, um, that is, that's all I got, unless you guys got something else for me or anybody else. I, I would just, Joe, Joe you're, you're not counting on Moorhead State to pull off the, the upset over West Virginia? Yeah. I mean, I think they can. Okay. I'm not counting on it, but I think they can. And obviously, as a Syracuse fan, you want that to happen, right? 
couple years ago, Middle Tennessee State beat Michigan State, kind of paved our way. (laughs) So uh, that can happen, and sometimes teams need that to happen. So uh, when you got the shooters that we have and the way that we're playing, uh, getting getting in the tournament and the energy that we've been showing, the effort we've been showing – um, I mean, you know, you know that I'm I'm confident in the fact that we can make a run. It's just it always seems to be like, can we get past that first game? Yeah, and then whatever and, happens after that is, you know, because we've had some good teams, and then we lose to, you know, AC Law and Texas A and M and some of these other, you know, Vermont, Dayton, you know, had some bad ones. Yeah, so uh, it's it's usually I mean, we get past the first one, and we usually make it to the second weekend. So. Um, Beheim alluded to that, so um, usually we have a, a better chance with that. But West Virginia and Huggins has seen our two-three zone before, so, yeah, and they are definitely more equipped and better equipped than San Diego State to beat it. So let, let let's wrap. Uh, Go ahead, James. Yeah, I just wanted to say all, all the San Diego reporters who haven't been watching college basketball this season because they were asking Dutcher about the two-three zone and. and Harping on the two-three zone, and we know the zone hasn't really been that good in the last two years. Mm-hmm. But you know, I get it when you think of Syracuse, you think of two-three zone, you think of Bayheim, and they, they were also asking him about West Virginia and how much they were going to press San Diego State. And if you watch West Virginia, this is the least amount of of press I think Bob Huggins has ever played mm-hmm. in his entire time at West Virginia. So they don't they don't press that much this year. But uh, I, I would just say really quick on, on Moorhead State. If they do somehow pull off the upset, it'll be by far their best one of the year. Uh, they they haven't beat a Power Five team. They're zero and three, and their their best win is over uh, Belmont, which is one hundred and four in Kennepom. So I just want to hey, throw that out there. But, hey, but if last... you were on the side of a bracket, though, it's not a bad bracket to be on, right? It, I don't Oklahoma think it is. State of the four is tough, but on our like end, having Houston as the two seed. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the other two seeds, but I mean, I know Houston's good, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll take an AAC two seed over the other ones any day. Yeah, I think Houston's the worst of the two seeds, but Illinois is, man, they, they might be yeah, the second so favorite good. the way they're playing right now behind Gonzaga. So, uh, no, yeah, most that, people that got Gonzaga, Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah, Alan Griffin's all, transfer school, by the way, would be fun. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason reason why he left. He wouldn't have got no playing time. You see that team? Yeah, Holy. yeah. Hey, James, to wrap it up, how much gold did Jim Beheim give us all this year in press conferences? I thought you were going a different direction than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. why I slow rolled it out. How how, how great were his press conferences though? Digger? Yeah. No. Yeah. They they've been equally as entertaining as sometimes cringeworthy, but man, uh, he said a lot of things this year. For some reason, I always just remember him talking about Attila the Hun yeah. at a Boston College press conference after you know going into a long segue on politics that was un- totally unprompted. No, nobody you know obviously on his mind or question, but he just went on a five minute tangent about politics and yeah you know is there so any- we, we got a whole lot we got a wide array of, of jim Bay. look look we don't know how much more we have of him and obviously he's <laughs> i am collecting <laughs> every to be a little bit more outspoken right so uh it's just telling me the writings on the wall but i'm not gonna lie i love i love every second of it it's yeah. very entertaining i, I that, that's my coach that's my coach. I love every outburst, 
every tangent, every uh, every time he cuts off one of you guys in there, and just James coming up with the good questions though. James, James, yeah, James, come, when he yeah. does get called on, he does a good job. But oh, yeah. you know, you get the when you, he does get called. On. <laughs> yeah, but hey, man, I'm not top priority. Yeah, uh, well, we could see, but which is amazing to me because <laughs> well, the worst part about it though is is that who's this guy? You should be versus some of the other questions that we Absolutely. Heard. I feel like Absolutely. they call on people just because they know. It's an, yeah, they know their names. And we're not going to mention you know, any here. Like Stephen Bailey? Yep. Okay, we will mention some here. <laughs> <laughs> because something might happen, right? Hey, Coach, what would you tell the guys about the NCAA tournament and being on the bubble at the <laughs> halftime? Uh, no. <laughs> so, hey. Uh, uh, hey, man, what, what I would say, I, I like being a little under the radar. It's It's nice to... You know, not have everybody know who you are sometimes, and there's maybe you get so predictable. Everybody knows who you are, James. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Stop it. But no, yeah, we we saw a lot from Bayham this year, and uh, it's about the predictability. No, to, to your sentiment, to to your point, I want to bring it back to something that Sean Keeley said, and I, I think this is true, and I think it'll be it'll be understood with the passage of time. Um, once once time does pass, and it's time for for Jim Beheim to move on. People are going to miss him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they broke the mold when they made him. He's he's unlike any other Hall of Fame college basketball coach. He runs a very unique program at Syracuse, and uh, I think people are going to realize just how hard it is to win at places like Syracuse when when he does leave. So yeah, um, he's he he will be missed. You know, whether or not this this last you know few these last few chapters are remembered fondly or not. That's up for debate, but I, but I think um, it's it's been pretty incredible that he's been able to win at Syracuse, and he's he's unlike any other Hall of Fame college basketball coach. Well said, James, and I yeah. I can I concur. And you know when you look at the caliber of coach that he is, and you look at the money he makes compared to the to equal or lesser caliber, he's pay, he's not getting paid what he could be somewhere else and it's going to be tough to bring someone and put them in that spot without paying out paying out uh for for an, another coach and yeah. a little bit of sacrifice there by 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 coach Beheim and because this is he's part of Syracuse and Syracuse is part of him and he yes. he he, he he's he, part he's we're never going to see this again no. yeah we, we will never see anything like this ever again never again will will someone be a walk on and rise through the ranks and be, be handed a head coaching job and, and the, enter, get, you know, when they're 31 and, you know, rise through the big East, we're, we're never going to see something like this. Never again. Will a guy come through and not be mentored by a hall of fame coach and become a hall of famer in college basketball. And certainly never again, will we ever see any coach be a head coach of one institution for 45 years from now. We're, we're never going to see this again. Absolutely. Yep. And with that, James, five decades, five decades of NCAA tournament appearances. Yeah, absolutely. What are we on? 30, 35, James? I believe your tweet. 35. 30, Jim, Jim, Bay, Jim Bayham has been to thir- more NCAA tournament uh, game. Well, not games, but he's been. We they've made the tournament 35 times, which is more years than James has been alive, which is Jim amazing. Bayham's been coaching a long time. That is a long time. Yep. And with that, James. I don't give a shit what you or anybody else thinks or writes. That is absolutely he might, true. Facts. He might or he might not. I don't know. I want to thank 
Our good buddy James, dude. It's always great having you on. Thank you, all of you, for hanging out with us. Special shout-out to Joe P. Appreciate that. Also, ebay.com slash sneakers and betonline for Joe and James. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Just barely got it in there. I don't even know if I did.